0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now we're kind of looking at things that have to do with our authority in Christ, that which we have, and recognizing that the majority of the problems that we face, whether we recognize this or not, this is true of everybody. Uh, the good news is you have a little more light or insight than most people do. But much of the problems of humanities, the origin of it, is spiritual. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against evil wickedness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So a lot that goes on uh, in the world is a result of demonic activity in which the enemy, the adversary of God and of humanity uh, tries to influence people to do his bidding or his will. Uh, uh, people that don't, that, that don't know that, well, they're just, you know, just kind of at, at the mercy of circumstances or things that happen. But listen, people that have light on the subject should exercise their authority in every area should exercise the power that God has invested in us as believers so that all that the enemy tries to do will be thwarted and that which he plans to do will not come to pass. You know, if it was up to the devil, he'd kill you right now. I mean, he would. I mean, there's nothing about you that the enemy wants to help or bless or anything like that. He wants you gone. He wants you dead. He wants you out. of. I like what one preacher said years ago. He said... The enemy knows he can't keep you from going to heaven. So what he's trying to do is to trying to keep you from taking somebody with you. Amen. But I've got good news. We're taking someone with us. I said we're taking someone with us, so we're going to use the authority, the power, the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost. We're kind of looking at all these different things that God has invested into the kingdom of God so that we can be what the Bible calls us more than conquerors. Amen. Amen. Now if you will go to the gospel of Luke. Let's start. I've got a bunch of scriptures. I don't know if I'll get to them all or I don't know if I'll get to them in the order in which I studied them. But I'm going to start here in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Now this is right after Jesus delegated authority to 70. Obviously there were 70 people that were following him around that he felt like he could delegate authority to them. And he told them, go out and heal the sick, cast out devils, you know, begin to just give them basically a commission and an assignment. And it says here in Luke chapter 10 verse 15, it says, and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, isn't that a good word? Now, you've got to understand, even the devils are subject to you through the name of Jesus. Now, one of the number one areas that the adversary torments Christians is in their mind. And we'll refer to that several times tonight because that's that, that's an area where you have to really use to exercise your authority or, or else the devil will drive you crazy. I mean, he'll put worry, he'll put anxiety, he'll put stress, he'll try to make you think the world's coming to an end. I mean, he'll do all kind. He'll distort things just to try to make you think something's going on that's not going on. Remember He is a liar. The Bible says he is the father of lies and the truth is not in him. That means anything he says to you is a lie. So if he comes to you and says you're sick, you ought to just put your hands up and say, thank you for that testimony, Mr. Devil. You can't tell the truth, so that means I'm well in Jesus' name. Of course, we don't get our revelation of uh, of being healed from the devil, but that's just a good way to turn the tables on him. Amen. And this is what you'll find out when it comes to your mind is that if you're willing to entertain him, he will talk to you a lot. You say, man, I'm telling you, the devil talks to me all the time. Quit entertaining him. I do not make it easy for the devil to talk to me. You say, what do you mean? Immediately when I sense a thought coming into my mind that's of the devil, I take authority of it out loud in Jesus' name. And if you do that on a consistent basis... He's not near as willing to try to run a whole bunch of thoughts through your mind because He knows you're going to resist them. Now, we know in two different scriptures, James chapter 4 and in 1 Peter chapter 5, the Bible instructs us as believers in the New Testament to resist the devil. Everybody say resist. Now, that, that word means literally in the Greek, it means to actively oppose. Everybody say actively. Now, opposition needs to be what? Activated on our part, but that means we're doing something. We're actively opposing whatever it is. I mean, if it's physical, if it's financial, if it's mental, if it's in your business, your family, your marriage, whatever it is, you have to make a decision. I'm gonna do something about this. I'm not gonna let the devil ride roughshod over my mind, over my, my over my body, over my finances, over my job, over my marriage, over my kids in Jesus name. You'll find out that as active as the enemy is against everything that is in your life, you can be just as much or even more active with the authority that God has placed on the inside of you. Now this is before redemption. This is the, before the, uh, the death, burial, resurrection and the transference of power and authority through inheritance. This is just delegated. This is just a permissive or permission to go out and do what Jesus told them to do, to go out and heal the sick, go out and cast out devils. So if they could do that with permission, how much more could we do it through inheritance or having inherited it? Yeah, listen, you really need to see yourself not as a not as a government on the earth like the United States government. You can't see yourself like that. You have to see yourself in a royal government in which the headship heads itself up in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The head over everything. I said the head over everything. The name that is above every name. And if you'll see yourself In a royal family, you'll understand that the rights and privileges of the family belong to you through birth. Amen. I heard a guy teach on that one time. I thought it was real good. He taught on the reason many of us do not uh, obtain to the blessing that God wants us to have is because we think as commoners, not as royalty. He gave the illustration of uh, one of the famous golfers from back in the 60s uh, being Uh, requested by a Saudi Arabian sheik to come and teach him the game of golf. And he spent several uh, weeks over there with this Saudi Arabian sheik. And and of course, uh, you know, the guy paid him and sent his private jet, flew him over there, treated him like a king while he was there compensated him royalty, royally. And then as he was leaving, he said, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I'd like to give you something really nice. Well, the guy being humble, you know, he'd been well compensated for. He'd been taken well uh, uh, care of. He said, well, you know, if you ever get around to it, uh, just, just send me a golf club. Give me a golf club. That'd be nice. You know, he was talking about something to hit the golf ball with. Well, about six weeks went by, about eight weeks went by, about six months went by. And he thought, well, I never got my golf club. Maybe he just forgot about it. And a knock came on his office door, and a lawyer came in with a briefcase and took out a file and said, can you sign these papers? Uh, we, ne- we need to take this golf club to closing. And he said, what do you mean golf club? He said, well, this Saudi Arabian sheik shopped around for the last six months till he found one of the finest golf clubs in America and he's purchased it for you. See, he was thinking golf club, but the king was thinking golf club. That's how God wants you to think. And God wants you to think when it comes to this authority, it's not an assignment given you as an errand boy or an errand girl to go out and do something about the devil. He has invested royal authority, family authority in you. It belongs to the family. You might as well use it. This, in this scripture it didn't. You say, what do you mean? They were just acting on the covenants of God that were in the earth at the time, the Abrahamic covenant, David's covenant, other covenants that had been given. Then they just went out because he said, go out. It was just delegated. They did it by permission. But notice this, what he says. Verse 15 again. The 70 returned again with joy. I mean, they were having a good time. Saying, "The Lord, say, saying, "Lord, even the devils are subject unto, unto us through thy name. Everybody say thy name. Now, notice how Jesus responds. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now, there's a lot in that scripture right there. Because, number one, when Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross, spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, rose from the dead, sat at the side, uh, uh, right hand of the Father, poured His blood upon the mercy. He was not obtaining anything needed by God other than a covenant to restore God to His creation or God to His children or His human family. Amen? This scripture talks about an incident that happened way back who knows how long ago before creation You can study it over there in in Isaiah 14 and I believe Ezekiel 36, those two different chapters in the Old Covenant, talk about this incident in which uh, an angel in heaven created by God, a created being, rose up an insurrection in heaven. The Bible says of Lucifer, he was perfect in the day in which he was created, until iniquity was found in him. What happened to him is he got his eyes off God and got his eyes on himself. And selfishness mastated into iniquity. He caused insurrection of heaven, and a third of the angels followed him. Now, I, I, I've never read many Christian novels. One reason is most of them are goofy. I read a part of one. Somebody said, you got to read. This is one of the most amazing books I've ever read. And when I read it, I understood why they were so goofy. But it talked about this great warfare that started before time and that raged in heaven for eons of time and then spilled out onto the earth. And today how we have to go around and defeat the devil so that the devil will be defeated or else he'll just take everything. Well, that's not scriptural. Jesus, speaking of that incident, here in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 10, he literally says, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What he's talking about is when Satan caused insurrection in heaven, the word of God threw him out so fast it looked like lightning hitting the ground. Doesn't sound like no war wage, raging for eons of time to me. Sounds like the word took care of it pretty quick. Amen. Well, based on that, he was operating in that authority. That's why them demons would cry out when they saw him and said, are you come to torment us before the time? Because he knew they know judgment is coming and he will judge them one day. That's why you don't want to follow the devil because whoever you follow, you get their reward or their judgment. Then he said this. I like it the next verse. Behold, the word means look and see. Behold, I give unto you power, power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil or all the power of the enemy. So how much power? How much of it? So there is not some reserve of power that we can't do anything about. I think sometimes people think like that. But you know now, being doing this, I certainly don't know everything. And and what I know is very limited and very small. But I have had uh, over three decades to live this out and to observe it. And I've had some time to watch nations of the world, cities, areas, in which people have come in and exercised authority and things have changed radically. One of the most profound is Nicaragua. We went to Nicaragua, I mean, literally, uh, the first time I went, uh, there was literally, a, uh, the war had just ceased that was going on there, which was a horrible, terrible war. Uh, we were actually in Honduras at the time, right across the border from Nicaragua, and there in Honduras, the missionaries that were there had become proficient at treating shrapnel wounds and bullet wounds. In the general store, in that little jungle clearing, you could buy a communist AK-47 automatic rifle and a thousand rounds of ammunition for $60. So I'd say it was pretty close to the end of the war there, amen? But what we've seen over the years is how God has moved in that nation Prosperity has come to that nation. Blessing has come to that nation. We're still working in that nation, but the work that's going on there and the things that are happening that are good and that are positive and they are blessing people have their foundation in the kingdom of God. Because not even the power of a government can stop that which God desires to do. Amen? I, I tell you, there are many people that'll, if you listen to them from, from the Soviet Union, from, uh, from Romania, Poland, Czechoslovakia, and they will tell you explicitly that a move of God began in the mid-80s in that area in which people were covertly going into those areas with Bibles and another book called The Authority of the Believer by Kenneth E. Hagin. Based on those two books, first the Bible and The Authority of the Believer, it was not The diplomacy of Ronald Reagan, we thank God for it and we thank God for what he did, but it was those believers in those nations that bound that principality over that area, and that communist God was brought down, and that wall fell, and those areas, uh, now you can preach the gospel in them. We had a friend, he was part of that, part of that. uh, Part of that group of people that were sneaking in and just bringing boxes of books. And, and they had taken and translated Brother Hagen's book into, into Russian, into Romanian, all these different... And they got caught by the KGB. And the KGB had a train that would run from Moscow up to St. Petersburg and across Siberia. And, and they had caught this friend of ours and, and they had him and another guy from Sweden. And they had him and they, they offered them drugs and they offered them women, they offered them tobacco, they offered them alcohol, all these things. And they just wouldn't take it. And so while they were there, they began to witness to these guards. And one of them prophesied that one day that train would be used to preach the gospel. Well, fast forward about ten years from there, and a church in Uppsala, Sweden, bought that train, and they took that train and sent it all over Russia and raised up 6,000 churches. You say, why? Because the devil, no matter what power you may think he has, we have more power. Everybody say more power. power. So over all power. of And I like this. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. I think sometimes people get a little, you know, they're like, well, you got to be careful. Now, Pastor, listen, you're getting up here preaching all that stuff about the authority. and, And, you know, you talk about that stuff about the devil. Don't you know the devil hears you? Well, that's the very dude I want to hear me. Amen? You know, people get like that. You know, the flu will be going around. You get up and say, you know, let's take our flu shots. Let's speak the Word of God. Let's do that. People say, shh, no, no, no. Come on, pastor. You're you're pushing the envelope there. Isn't that kind of inviting the devil in here to try to do something? The Bible says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall... He's actually giving us the assurance and the insurance to go out and exercise His authority here on earth. Amen? Now, we must understand, we've been studying the power that's in the name of Jesus, and that power is awesome. I don't believe we've plumbed the depths of of what that power can really do. But we also must understand the power source. You say, what do you mean the power source? The source of power, even for the name of Jesus, is the Word of God. Without the Word of God, there is no power, but the Word of God is the power power source. Now go over to Psalms real quick. Look look at this. This will help you because you need to understand these things scripturally. Go over to Psalms. Put my marker back there. I might come back to Luke 10. but I want you to see this before we go any further. Psalms chapter 138. Now notice this. Psalms, I like verse 1. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing unto thee, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name. Now notice this, for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Now notice this, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Now it is the word of God that gives us the perimeters in which the name of Jesus works. Amen. People sometimes get goofy, that's why you got to stick with the word. I heard a testimony, a minister that was teaching at a seminar I was in one time said he first began to get revelation on that name and, and, and this scripture here how God showed him uh, that you know you got to have the word of God that gives you that correct balance and the correct perimeters. He said a guy came to him they that taught on the name of Jesus for about two or three nights. He said a guy came to him after the service and said I want you to agree with me in the name of Jesus that my neighbor's wife will divorce him and marry me. Everybody say, out of bounds. That's out of bounds. That's not going to work. I've heard other people say goofy things like that, talk about, you know, I wish you would agree with me that, you know, so-and-so in the name of Jesus would give me their car, or somebody would give... Listen, don't pray those prayers. That's goofy. You, j- you just can't take the name of Jesus and carte blanche, go out there, and do anything that you desire to do. It is the Word of God that gives us the perimeters. We've been given the name of Jesus, number one, as the conduit for any man or woman on the earth, any whosoever that will call upon that name to be saved. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved. But we know the perimeter of that is what? If thou shalt believe in thy heart, confess with thy mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Did you know not only that? We are water baptized in the name of Jesus. The person coming to be baptized is baptized in Jesus' name, and the baptizer baptizes in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus taught us to do. Amen? Not only that, we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, the Bible says that he had received from the Father. So it says in Acts chapter two, that which is poured out upon you, or that which you're experiencing today. One translation says, so see the name of Jesus opens up the treasure of everything God has provided for us in Christ. You know, I remember sitting in a Bible school class at Lakewood, Brother Osteen talking about being a Baptist pastor and being really indoctrinated with, with what the Baptists teach and really adamantly against anything to do with the power of God, the Holy Ghost, anything to do like that. And they said they had a Christmas program. There was a lady in the area that sang, and she did a little little skit, a little Christmas skit, and he said, it was very inexpensive, just a few dollars, and we thought we would get her to come for a Christmas, uh, uh, you know, a little Christmas show, or a little Christmas thing for the church. And she said, She brought a little Christmas tree and she brought these presents and she put these presents under this tree. Then she'd sing a song and then she'd lead the congregation in a Christmas carol. Then she'd go over and grab one of these presents. And the first one she grabbed, she said, oh, isn't this a beautiful gift she put up on the pulpit? She began to unwrap it and she began to talk about salvation, gift from God. And then she went, she did another one. She talked a little bit about righteousness or some other subject. But then she grabbed one and set it up there and said, oh, this is, a, this is a great gift. This is something really powerful. And she said, she began to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence that, uh, of speaking in other tongues. He said, the first thought that came to my mind is, I don't believe that. But she said the way she presented it, it wasn't demanding. It was with much love. He said, that was the seed planted in my heart that started me on the quest to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That one thing right there. Now see, we must understand, that's what the word is, it's seed. The name of Jesus is our authority that we can use to run off whatever it is that's trying to attack that which our seed should produce. Not just getting saved, not just getting filled with the Holy Ghost, being healed are prosper. There are times I say, Devil, get your hands off of my finances in the name of Jesus. Leave my money alone. Leave Island Church's money alone in Jesus' name. That's that authority that you need right there. Now notice what he says. Let me read it in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. Back to Luke chapter 10. I like Luke chapter 10. That's a good, 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 good chapter to study. Amplified There in verse uh, 19, it says, Behold, I've given you authority and power. Everybody say authority. Authority. And power. To trample on serpents and scorpions, serpents and scorpions, physical and mental strength and ability, and over all power the enemy possesses, and nothing shall in any way harm you. Now I like with the way the Amplified says authority, everybody say authority, authority. And, power. and power. Now you know, all things being equal, about a five-foot-tall young lady that weighs about a hundred pounds cannot stop a moving car. Would you agree? I mean, there's just physically that would be impossible. But now you send her off to school and you you commission her as a law enforcement officer, and you put a uniform on her and a badge, and you put a gun on her side, and you send her out here in the street, and you can take the most powerful 18-wheeler there is, and she can raise her hand up like this, and you better stop. You say, now why should I stop? Because she has authority. Well, she's only five foot tall. She has authority. Well, she only weighs 100 pounds. She has authority. Well, I knew her in high school, and she never played softball, but she has authority. Now that authority is vested in her by the government, which means if you run her down, there's going, to be, there's going to be some consequences to pay. They're going to take that authority, they're going to come after you, and they're going to use any means necessary. You say, "What do you mean? Well, if they can't, if the local police can't do it, they'll bring in the state police. If the state police can't do it, they'll get the federal police. If they can't do it, they'll get the Marines. Somewhere in the scenario, somewhere in the equation, there'll be someone there who can exercise the authority. Amen. That authority will be exercised against you and you will be brought into judgment. Now, God has put us on the earth not as warring Christians fighting through the darkness of hell and the devils. He's put us here as law enforcement officers. He's given us the authority, not of the United States government, but of heaven itself, through the word of God and in the name of Jesus. But then see that little woman out there back on the street holding up traffic. If you come around, you know, two or three cars and you begin to accelerate toward her, she's gonna reach into her holster and pull out that Glock 9mm. How's about what? what's that have, 17 rounds? About 17 rounds. And somewhere between the first pop and the 17th one, power will be exercised. And your intentions will be thwarted. Amen. And authority will be confirmed. Amen. And if there's anything left of you, judgment will happen. Now, you've got to understand, church. See, people say, well, I see we've got authority, but I'll tell you, I feel so powerless. That's because you're going by feelings. What if a police officer pulled their gun out in order to enforce a law and said, well, I just don't feel like this thing shoots right. No, they've been to the range. They got that thing cleaned and oiled. They're ready to go. They know they have power. Now, you've got to understand, God has given you the power of the Word. He's given you the power of the Spirit of God inside of you and special power or anointing power when you got filled with the Holy Ghost. See, you get filled with the Holy Ghost for service. That's not some personal thing for you to go hide in some closet and whisper in tongues. Amen. No, no, no. That's God's power coming on you, and the evidence is you speak in other tongues. See, you've got the power and you've got, I mean, excuse me, you've got the authority and the power to exercise the law of the spirit of life in Christ against the law of sin and death. So we do up here every service when we minister to people. We're exercise. We're we're spiritual law enforcement officers. That's what you should be doing. Enemy comes to your mind. You ought to say, nope, nope, that's illegal. Now remember this, because we'll study our adversary next week. Satan is a criminal spirit. Let me say that again. He is a criminal spirit. You say, Pastor, I, 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 I took my flu shot with the church, made all those confessions. I've done it five times, ten times, and the other day, you know, the flu just hit me in attacked. Well, here's the thing. It may have come upon you, but it not, did not have the right to. It did not come upon you legally. Any attack against you is not a legal attack. Now, that sends religious people screaming. Well, Pastor Hyde, how do you know that that's just not God trying to show us something or teach us something? Well, would you teach your child like that by giving them the flu? No. Now, here's what we'll do. We're going to go down to the hospital. We're going to get you, put you in the bed of ten different patients that have the flu. We want you to have the flu so you'll just see how it is. Well, you'd never do that, would you? You do everything to prevent your child from getting the flu. Well, I've got good news. Your heavenly Father has done everything he needs to do to prevent you from getting the flu. But the enemy comes as a thief yeah. trying to steal your health. Trying to destroy your confidence in the Word of God. That's why I'm telling you if you can't, if you're so sick that every other breath you're throwing up, between those throw ups, you ought to be saying, Thank you, Father, I'm healed by His stripes. Devil, get out of my body. I bind every symptom in you. You got to muster some resistance against those things. Amen. He's given you power and authority, or authority and power. He can back it up, and He can back it up in you. Now, real quick. I want you to go. We'll skip that one. Go to John chapter 4, then we'll, 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 we'll end up in Hebrews. John chapter 4. They're great scripture. You, you ought to just have this one in your heart. John chapter 4, verse 4. Year of God, little children. So who's it talking to? It's talking to us. Year of God, little children. It's 1 John. Excuse me if I didn't say 1 John. Not, not the Gospel of John, but 1 John. Chapter 4, verse 4. Year of God, little children and have overcome them. Now what's it talking about? Well, it's talking about every other spirit that's against God. Amen. And have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. One translation says, you are God's little children, you are God's little children, and have overcome every spirit that is anti-Christ. Amen. Amen. Every spirit that is antichrist, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Everybody say, Greater is he. Amen. Say, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Say, Greater is he that's in me than cancer. Greater is he that's in me than arthritis. Greater is he that's in me. Than than diabetes. Greater is he that's in me than fear. Greater is he that's in me than depression. Greater is he that's in me than any attack the enemy can muster against me. Now let me ask you a question. This may help some of you tonight. Do you think because you're saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, love God, would dare to come to church on a cold February night, that the devil just has a special set of problems that he has just for you because you've made a decision to serve God? Or do you think everyone goes through the same thing you're going through? Now, first of all, you must understand, the enemy, it says over in 1 Corinthians 10, it says there's no temptation taken you such as common to man. That means just because you're born again. And you know, some Christians think that way, and that's wrong thinking. Wrong thinking will get you in trouble. They think, well, you know, my life was going pretty good before I got saved. But man, I'm telling you, since I've been saved, it seems like everything has gone wrong that can go wrong. That's not true. It would have gone wrong anyway. Satan cannot by God because of God's sovereign hand and His ability to be sovereign. He cannot come at you with some type of specially formed temptation in order to distract you, harm you, hurt you, make you sick, steal your money, depress you, or do anything else just because you're a Christian. I ought to get a better amen than that. No temptation is taking you such as is what? Common to man. Now listen, if he could attack you supernaturally, don't you think he'd do it? He'd manifest stuff at your house, in your car, at your job, I mean, there'd be all kind of crazy things going on. You say, well, there is. Well, you need to get delivered of that then. Amen. We've prayed in houses and places where people got things thumping their walls and doing all kind of stuff like that. Devils do that kind of stuff. But you don't have to have the pastor to run that off. You can run that off yourself. As a matter of fact, it's better if you run it off than me. I keep it out of my house. You keep it out of yours. Amen. But you've got to understand, there's not some, oh man, i tell you, I knew when I got saved. I knew when I started serving God. I knew, I, one guy, I remember he was talking about, he was very hesitant to go into the ministry. He was raised in a pastor's home. He was in his mid-30s before he went to the ministry. And his excuse for not obeying the call of God upon his life was, I don't want to go through what my parents went through. My parent, my dad, mom pastored some little church down in South Texas. And man, they were always struggling for finances and struggling for this, struggling for that. And and so he kept rehearsing that and telling that to people. And somebody that had been in that church for about 20 years, he was doing a business deal or something, was talking to that guy. And he was talking about how hard times were and all this kind of stuff being raised. And the guy said, well, you know, I went to the church with you. He says, I remember how much joy your parents had his mom in particular. He said, I remember your mom. She was so full of joy, so full of the life of God. They act like nothing, even though they did go through some things. They act like nothing. He said, you know, they just went around acting like everything was right with the world. Listen, life does not deal anybody a fair hand. That's the world's system. You are on a planet that is cursed and fallen. You've come out of a family that's cursed and fallen. There's an enemy loosed on the planet that hates you, but he is bound by the Word of God. Listen, just like the ocean is bound by the Word of God. Did you know that? I remember listening when when, when late-night radio first started coming on back in the early 90s. I I was traveling a lot, driving all over the place, and late-night radio was coming. And there's all these prognosticators, and they were talking about the year 2000. And I'm telling you, they were saying by the year 2000, the ocean's... We're going to be, you know, like, like, like the beach was going to be at Dallas. Florida was going to disappear. Greenland was going to melt. The northern, the polar caps were going to melt. And, you know, the, uh, the landmass that we do have, about half of it was going to disappear. And if you're living on the coast, you better leave right now because your property is going to be underwater in just a few years. But, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs that he has set the boundaries of the ocean. Amen. Brother Osteen, he used to preach a beautiful message about this little piece of sand sitting on the beach. Just loving God. Just worshiping God. Just one little piece of sand. He loved the Lord and he worshiped God. And the ocean said, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to raise up in a big storm and I'm going to roll over you. And I'm going to roll tons of water over you and wind. And you're never going to be the same. And he that little piece of sand said, you know, you can go ahead and try and do that. But when it's all over, you're going to have to go back. Because the Lord says, he set the boundaries of the oceans. He set the boundaries of Did you know the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? Don't fall for all this global warming, all this type of stuff that tries to scare people. The world's going to end in 12 years. What are we going to do? No, and listen, that's not true. The earth is more than able to sustain the population that's on its now, and for everybody to thrive and flourish. That's the devil trying to do that. Try to scare people, amen? Now notice, I like in the Amplified. 1 John 4.4. 4. Let me find it. little children you're of God you belong to him and have already defeated and overcome them the, an- the agents of the antichrist because he who lives in you is greater mightier than who is in this world you got to understand church you got a power on the inside of you the common person doesn't have you're of royal blood you're a peculiar person you're a chosen generation You're a royal priesthood. I'm telling you, as good as America is, heaven is better. Amen? Amen. 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 And you got to realize you are a citizen of heaven. I like what Brother Osteen used to say. You're a citizen of heaven going back to a place you've never been. You say, how do you go back to a place you've never been? Well, hang around and find out. (laughs) Amen? One more scripture. Do it real quick. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, me get it here. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now notice this, hath, past since, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also He made the worlds. So He's appointed heir of all things, and by the agent of Jesus, the Word of God, God created the worlds. All that is, all that was, all that that will ever be. Isn't that powerful? Then it says this, Who being the brightness of His glory, and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, now, when I first saw this years ago, probably about 25 years ago, I was just studying, meditating. I love Hebrews. One of my favorite books of the Bible. My two favorite books are Hebrews and, and, and Ephesians. And, and Ephesians is my favorite when I'm studying and meditating in Ephesians. And Hebrews is my favorite when I'm studying and meditating in Hebrews. So, my two favorite books. Amen? So, I studied studying here. And I couldn't get past, so I went to the Amplified, I went to other, and I found out that that's not just some, uh, you know, uh, grammatical way in which they arrange that. That's the way God wanted us to see that. It would be much more logical for it to state the power of His Word, wouldn't it? But see, He's not logical. He's not intellectual. So it's not the power of His Word. It's it's flipped. It's the Word of His power. Now you say, now that's just, uh, 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 you know, that's apples and oranges, Pastor. No, 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 wait a second. We read in Psalms 138 that He's magnified His Word above His name. Now, that shows us very plainly that God Himself draws His sovereign power, His omnipotent power, His omnipresent power, His saving power, His healing power, His prospering power, His delivering power. Where does He draw it from? He draws it from the Word. Listen, now you got to see, most people we have this idea of of this big old man with this long gray beard sitting upon a throne in heaven. That's God. He's got all this power and he speaks this word, and that's where the power... That's not it. It's God, and he sits upon his throne, and he sees his word, hears his word, or speaks his word, and draws his power right out of his word. Now, you say, well, that is still kind of apples and oranges. Well, quit, quit thinking about God and think about you. You say, why? Because if this is the power source of God, if this is the power source of God, if this is the power source of God, which it is the power source of God, then He's given us His power when He gave us His Word. That means all the power that God Himself enjoys. and I'll, Well, listen, people say, well, that means we can just be God. No, no, you're, you're, you will stay in humanity forever for eternity. You will be humanity partakers of the divine nature. He will remain deity imparting his power into his family so that you can look just like him, be just like him, act like, just like him, doing what? Let me finish. Now let me read it again. Where would I go? John chapter 4. How am I by? Who turned my pages? Let me read it again. I could quote it, but I like to read it because I want to read it in the Amplified. Now, who being the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high. Now then we could go where we were the other day speaking about the name. Now listen to it in the Amplified. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in these last days he hath spoken unto us in the person of a son. So Jesus is what? Jesus is God speaking to us everything he did. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Literally, Jesus is God speaking to us. Well, what, what does God think about healing? Well, what did Jesus do? went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed to the devil. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you with me? Yes. Now notice this. In the person of His Son, whom He hath appointed heir and lawful owners of all things, also by and through whom He created the worlds, the reaches of space, the ages of time, He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the rain, or the radiance of the divine. I'm just waiting to see what you think about that. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. He is the light being. He is the outreign or the radiance of the very image of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature upholding, maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. There it is again, amplified. Now Here's this guy Jesus. In reality and truth, he exists in a physical body, which means if it were possible to find heaven out in the heavenlies, you would find there is material there. You say, what material is there? Well, one material that would be there, one thing in the material realm would be the body of Jesus. No blood. You say there's no blood in His body. No, His blood's on the mercy seat. So the mercy seat would also have to be a physical thing for the blood to be on it. Jesus, in His physical body, bearing the marks of the covenant, sitting at the right hand of the Father, drawing His power, upholding, guiding, maintaining and propelling. They, still, they say the universe is still expanding at what, 100, what's the speed of light? 186,000 miles per second. The universe is still expanding. Who's doing that? Jesus. He's doing that. Upholding, maintaining, propelling the universe by His mighty, not power of His Word, but Word of His power which means what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take this mighty word of power and you're going to have to start controlling your universe. (laughs) Amen? I mean, a lot of times they say, Oh, God, I need you to help. No, why don't you start taking your authority, taking the word of God, and start, start upholding, amen, maintaining, propelling, whatever it needs, start controlling your universe. You say, what is my universe? Well, it's where you live. Everything that's right around you is your little universe. And if you don't watch out, the devil going to get in your universe. What do you think the devil would do if he got in this universe? You talk about planets falling and stars doing this and asteroids. I mean, it'd go nuts out there. They tell us that the earth itself in its orbit, if it were a hundred miles further out, we'd freeze to death. If it was a hundred miles further in, we'd all burn up. But it doesn't happen. You say, why? Because Jesus is up in heaven and he has so much power that he's pulling from the word of his Father because he is the word of his Father. You say, I can't figure that out in my mind. Quit trying. Your mind ain't big enough. Amen? Just thank God it's true. And then He has done what? He has come to the earth. He has redeemed the spirit men that speak. That's who we are. Spirit men and women that speak. Redeemed us by His blood. Put us back in fellowship with the Father. Given us access to what? The word of power. You say, well, I need some power. I need some authority. You've got it. Well, if I'm going to take care of my little universe because I've got devils messing with my mind and messing with everything from my dog to my plants to my flat tire on my car, well, it's time you started taking control. Amen. Now, let me close with this. Oh, I went over time. Hey, you got time. Ain't nothing but cold out there anyway. <laughs> this misconception of God being in control is a fallacy. There is an element of sovereign control to God. There is an element of that, which means His plans will not be thwarted. The Bible speaks of Jesus that in the fullness of time, God sent His Son, born of a virgin. But you've got to understand, the control of God only comes through you and me. And He's only in control of what we put Him in control of. And when we begin to put Him in control of our minds, of our finances, of our health, That doesn't mean there's not an invasion, an invasion of evil or an invasion of the, the criminal spirit of Satan and demon powers. It means down here on this fallen earth we get the mighty privilege of being God's royal family on the earth, doing family business. We look just like that prodigal son. We're wrapped in that robe of righteousness. We carry that ring of authority, that signet ring, and our feet are shod so that we might do kingdom business in His name and he'll give you all the power you need to take your universe and bring it into control and for you to begin to affect the universes of other people as you share with them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and live out the victory he's given you in Christ Jesus. Don't let, now listen to me, don't let the apathy of your flesh and the complacency of your mind rob you from the power of God. You say, what do you mean by that? If you're dependent upon your flesh to serve God, you won't. If you're dependent upon your mind to serve God, you never will. You've got to begin to control your flesh and mind by the mighty word of power so that you can take control of your universe. And as you do that, that doesn't mean storms don't come. That means in the midst of the storm, you can speak to it and command it to stop in Jesus' name and it'll have to obey your voice and your word. Amen? You learned something tonight? Lift your hand, say this. Father, I thank you for your mighty word of power. The word that saves, the word that heals, the word that blesses, the word that empowers. I refuse to allow the devil to run my life. His control is broken. For greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. I say in the name of Jesus, I will not think fear. I will not think doubt. I will meditate upon the power words of God Almighty. His power is my power. I walk in it. I live in it. It affects my life and everything around me. In Jesus' name. Now jump on your feet and thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, we rejoice. We rejoice. Somebody shout and thank God for it. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Now, Father, as we leave tonight, we exercise that power of your word, looking down to the rest of our week, taking your word, Lord. Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Luke chapter 10. We walk on serpents, scorpions over all power of the enemy. Nothing but will by any means harm us. Thank you, Father, as we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation. Lord, as we operate and handle the resource of our life, thank you that we're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We resist and stand against the forces of evil. We thank you Heavenly Father that your blessing is upon us that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Let our witness be effective. Put the fire of evangelism in our heart. Let us be an answer to prayers. A problem to the adversary. A miracle in the lives of people that do not know God. Let us show his love let us demonstrate his power and authority thank you father as we leave tonight that door of utterance that is open we thank you that every opportunity we have we will not miss we will be faithful to be a light in the midst of darkness so we leave tonight we walk in faith and love towards you we love you so much heavenly father we walk in love toward one another thank you for our church and we leave as the ambassadors of christ you have called us to be thanking you lord here at island church we're covered by the blood empowered by the Word and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com Hallelujah, Jesus